Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. But the threat this nation faces right now is not simply from radical Islam. It's not even primarily from radical Islam even today at this hour. The most serious threat we face in the Middle East and North Africa and ultimately here in the United States is what I've heard called apocalyptic Islam. This is a term each person needs to become familiar with and begin to teach it to others. Apocalyptic Islam. For the first time in all of human history, we have not just one, but two nation states whose rulers are from the opposite poles as far as Islam is concerned. One Sunni, one Shia. And these rulers are driven not by political theology or even religious theology. They are driven by apocalyptic end times eschatology. They have a desire to usher in the end of the world. The leader of Islam said, if we have to go to nuclear war, it doesn't matter if every Iranian dies as long as Islam is lifted up. How do you defeat someone like that? They don't care if they die. They don't care if the entire world dies and only one Muslim remains standing. They will declare Allah is the winner. How do you defeat a nation like that? The Islamic Republic of Iran today is ruled by an apocalyptic genocidal death cult. So is the Islamic State or ISIS or ISIL, whatever you want to call them. Iran is Shia. ISIS is Sunni. Both believe the end days have come. Both believe their Messiah, known as the Mahdi, is coming at any moment in time. Both are trying to hasten the coming of the Mahdi. And in case you missed my prior teachings, they believe the prophet Jesus will assist the Mahdi in destroying the Jews and the Christians. So when a Muslim tells you, We believe in Jesus too. We believe he's coming back soon. Don't believe it. They're not talking about the same Jesus we worship. Well, Brother Bob, how how could they call him Jesus? How can someone in Mexico name their child Jesus? Jesus. It's like calling someone John today. It's just a common name. Jesus the Christ is the Messiah. That's what Christ stands for. Jesus the Messiah, the anointed one. Amen. That Jesus is the real Christ. Amen. Now, although Iran and ISIS are Muslim, each has an entirely set of different strategies. ISIS wants to build a caliphate. Iran wants to build the bomb. The nuclear bomb. ISIS is coming or committing genocide right now. Iran is 
preparing to commit genocide at a later point in time. In the near term, ISIS is the most dangerous. Why? Because ISIS is on a jihadist rampage right now. Robbing, killing, destroying, enslaving, raping, torturing, beheading. As Americans, we're getting numb to the the beheadings taking place. When the when ISIS first made their entry onto the world stage, everyone was horrified by what they saw. Now they can kill twenty one people at one time, and it barely makes the evening evening news. You become numb to the violence going on. As Americans, we dare not turn a blind eye to this threat. If we don't defeat ISIS over there, they are coming here. Today on the news, they've, they've posted the pictures, names, and addresses of many people in the military and encouraged lone wolf attacks on them and their families in America. And you can rest me assured, mark the date that I say this, you will hear in the news about these lone wolf attacks killing the families of servicemen here in the United States. Mark my words, it will take place. We must act, and we must act as a nation now. That being said, as Christians, we have different responsibilities than the government and the military. As Christians, we must do what Jesus says to do. Amen? The government's job is to defeat and destroy our enemies. As Christians, our job is to, what? Love our enemies. That's what Jesus tells us. We even have to love ISIS. We even have to love Islam. We have to love Muslims. We have to love all those who are living under the reign of terror. As followers of Jesus Christ, we must not be blind to the enormous suffering taking place right now inside the Muslim world, nor be deaf to their cries for help, nor dull to the tyranny we are facing, both at home and abroad. Jesus commands us to love them, to serve them, to bless them, to tell them the good news about him. So they may have life, not so much in this earth, but in the world to come and eternal life. And in order to do that, since time is running out, we need to act now. Now in the longer term, Iran is the most dangerous, especially if our leadership approves this nuclear deal that is emerging. Why? Because the apocalyptic leaders of Iran are just biding their time to build a nuclear arsenal capable of killing millions of people in a matter of minutes. And they, if they get the bomb, they will use it. Far too people in the West truly understand the nature and threat of radical Islam, much less the threat of apocalyptic Islam. They don't understand apocalyptic Islam. When our Bible says... There will be a war of Armageddon. 
prior to that, in Ezekiel 38, there's the war in Ezekiel 38 that leads, and if you interpret the scriptures, to a nuclear detonation in that area of the world. And the war comes to an end. And it takes years to pick up the bodies. That is also an Islamic scripture. Saying that Islam, the leaders of Islam, must be defeated in battle. In that area, what we call Armageddon. They must be defeated in battle. Because that's what ushers in their Mahdi. To save them. And they want that to happen so that their Mahdi will appear. So when we threaten to send troops over there to fight them, they laugh. They think, oh, this is great. This is going right according to our plan. They want us to come and engage them. That could be one reason why this administration refuses to do so. I'll give the president that much credit, but I don't know if that's the real one or not. But it is in the Quran and in Islamic scripture, uh, the Hadiths and all that, that there will be a war in that area of the world, in what we call Armageddon, and the Islamic forces will be defeated. And that's what will bring in their Mahdi to deliver them. Isn't it amazing that in the war of Armageddon, that's what brings in Jesus? Muslim has stolen a lot of the, the scriptures of the word of God and twisted them to use for their benefit. Think about that. They want this war where the West does not want the war. Indeed, many people dismiss these concerns altogether. But it is a fact that a deep and widespread belief exists within the Islamic world that we are living in the end of days. According to a 2012 report by the Pew Research Center, quote, in most countries in the Middle East and North Africa, South Asia, Southeast Asia, more than half or more of Muslims believe they will live to see the return of the Bhakti. That's more than 750 million Muslims worldwide. In Egypt, 40% of Muslims believe the return of the Mahdi is imminent. In Jordan, 41%. Palestinians, 46%. In Iraq, 72%. What's more, the report found that an enormous number of Muslims believe Jesus is coming back to serve under the Mahdi. 29% of Jordanians, they believe that Jesus is coming back to earth. In Egypt, it's 39%. Palestinians, 46%. Iraq, 64%. Believe Jesus is coming back to earth. But they believe this Jesus is serving under the Mahdi. Apocalyptic Islam eschatology is, if you can picture this and excuse the pun, is basically a photographic negative 
of biblical eschatology. You know what a negative is? I know in the age of digital cameras, a lot of people don't know. In the old days, back about 20 years ago, you had film that you had to put in the camera. When you're done with that roll of film, you had to get it developed. And you received a negative back. A negative is a reverse image in color or black and white. I'll use black and white as an example because it's easier to explain, of a picture. So if you took a picture of the night sky with uh, your house lit up, in the negative, the house would be black and the night sky would be white because when they put it on the photographic paper, wherever the light gets exposed, that's what turns dark. So the negative is the reverse of the picture. Amen? So the picture comes out with a black sky and a bright house, but on the negative, the house is black and the sky is bright. That's Islam compared to the Bible. The leaders of Iran and ISIS believe that the way to hasten the coming of the Messiah is to kill as many people as possible. The followers of Jesus Christ, on the other hand, believe the way to hasten the coming of our Messiah is to save as many people as possible. Matthew 24, 14. Which brings me back to what we as Christians, and especially pastors and those called in the ministry, should be doing right now. We are the watchmen on the wall, as I started with. So my question is, are you warning this nation of the coming sword, the threat of radical Islam and apocalyptic Islam, and explaining to people their similarities and differences? Are you urging the church to fulfill the Great Commission by preaching the gospel and making disciples of all nations, including Muslim nations? Let's not just talk about the bad news. I mean, there is good news also, amen? There's a lot of good news out there. Here's one that you don't hear too often. Since 1979, more Muslims... Now, 1979 is when uh, the Iranian Revolution took place, okay? More Muslims since 1979 have come to faith in Jesus Christ and renounced Islam than in the last 1,400 years of Islam combined. But you don't hear that good news. But we as Christians representing Jesus Christ on this earth in the last days of the last days, we are impacting this world and especially the Islamic world, the 1040 window. One of my friends has a major ministry in that area of the world. And in Pakistan, he's seen huge numbers of people accepting Jesus. I'm not going to mention his name because I don't want his work to be hindered by someone in Pakistan reporting this broadcast to the authorities. But there is documented evidence that is taking place. Glory to God. But now is not the time to cower in fear. Now is the time to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit with courage, with conviction. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Amen. And that takes me to threat number three. Facing this nation. Israel. What if America is not simply entering a season of strained relations with Israel, but we are heading towards total American abandonment of the Jewish state. Genesis 12, verse 1 through 3 says, God says basically he will bless those who bless Israel and the Jewish people, and he will curse those who curse them. 
Joel 3, 2, God warns the nations that he will judge all who divide the land of Israel. What are what has our leaders been doing since basically George Bush Sr. was president? Trying to give Israel or get Israel to give up land for peace. And God warns us that he will judge those who try to divide the land of Israel. Again, we can go to Ezekiel chapter 38 as well as chapter 39. God warns that a group of nations will attack Israel in the last days. And no nation, no nation, that includes America, no nation will come to Israel's defense. In Revelation 16, God warns that all nations in the end days will fight against Israel. That includes the United States. The Bible teaches us all nations will turn against Israel in the last days. And all nations that do so will face his judgment for it. Woe to us if it happens on our watch and it is starting to take place. Have we as a nation come to this fateful moment? It's not clear yet. We are still watching what's happening. But we have seen in the past couple years, this president is in the process of negotiating an incredibly dangerous deal with Iran. He refuses to share the details of this deal with Israel, America's most faithful and trusted ally in that region. He refuses to meet with the Israeli Prime Minister just a few weeks ago when he came to address a joint session of Congress on matters of importance to both our nations. He refuses to meet with them. In addition, he sends the Vice President and the Secretary of State out of the country so they have an excuse to avoid meeting with the Prime Minister also. He sends his political strategists and operatives into Israel trying to defeat the Prime Minister and his party in the elections. But glory to God. Even though the polls indicated Netanyahu was going to lose dramatically, when the results came in, Netanyahu and his party had a sweeping victory. Amen? And then our president acts like a spoiled child when he couldn't get his way. When Prime Minister Netanyahu won re-election in a landslide victory, despite our president's efforts against him, which I just find laughable every time I think about it. How would you like to have been a fly on the wall in the White House when his aides delivered that news? Amen. But he refused to call him for several days. And then when he did call, he basically threatened him, saying, well, this is going to put us uh, on a different path in our relationship. He couldn't believe that you know, he didn't get his way. This is definitely, folks, this is definitely one of the most dangerous moments in the history of the United States and Israel's relationship. And we still have two more years under this administration. What do the next two years hold? I don't know. But this much I do know, on top of all of America's national challenges and our sins, we dare not abandon or turn against Israel and the Jewish people. If we do, we seal the fate of this nation with God. 
And I don't care which party controls Congress or who's in the White House or what color his skin or her skin is. If we go against Israel, if we side against Israel, God is completely clear in his word of what he's going to do. He promises he will be against us. And if that happens, we do not stand a snowball's chance in hell of surviving as a nation. Amen? In Judges 21-25, the prophet describes, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what can be termed as the current spiritual state of the United States. He says, in those days there was no king in Israel, or we could say no leader in this land. And he's talking about a spiritual, God-led leader. And he said, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. I want you to focus on that quote. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. What do you see going on in America today? In America today, kids throughout the land do whatever is right in their own eyes because their parents have basically checked out. There's no discipline. They don't pay attention to or they don't even have the moral fortitude to rein in their children and teach them right from wrong. People are doing whatever's right in their own eyes from being a child all the way up into adulthood without regard about how it affects the person next to them. And this is happening in hometown USA because it is also prevalent within the halls of Congress and state governments throughout the land. Today's politicians are so fearful of losing their next election. They sell their soul for votes. Yeah, that's right, I said it. They sell their soul to the devil in order to be elected and re-elected. You see it. If you are honest with yourself, you can see that most of the politicians in this land today are demon-possessed. They've sold their souls to the devil. They are going to hell unless they repent and bow their knees at Jesus' name and turn from their wicked ways. But the laws being forced upon the people against their will. I don't have time to get into a lot of things I want to talk about. But basically, they compromise on moral and ethical issues instead of leading the way God intended for them to lead. The founding fathers of this nation did not choose democracy, which means the will of the majority rules, but rather they chose a republic where the leaders lead from among the people. Instead of a theocracy where my religion is law, a land where the high priest rules based upon how he interprets scripture, nor are we ruled by a king. We are ruled by the people who select representatives to make and establish laws for the good of the land. Since they are elected by the people and serve for the express purpose of the good of the land, our founding fathers thought these leaders would be able to make the hard decisions regardless if the will of the people changed through the changing of times and seasons. As long as the laws were one, godly and according to scripture and the will of God and two, for the good of the country. But today's politicians only care about one thing and it is not the will of the people nor is it the good of the nation. 
The only thing they care about is holding on to power and getting reelected. We've seen example after example of politicians basically selling their vote to the highest bidder or to a group that will help them get reelected. Political correctness has so infected those in public service, they dare not speak against the truth. Or I should say they dare not speak the truth, but they'll bend over backwards to defend a lie. A quick example. Many politicians will not lift a finger, as we already explained, to protect a baby in the womb. But let's just take California in this example. This can be repeated all across the USA. In the San Joaquin Valley, they've cut off the major water supply to millions of people in order to protect a three-inch long non-indigenous fish in the San Francisco Bay. Oh, and Congress will not do what this president or his administration wants. He just pulls out an ink pen and declares an executive order just to do what is right in his own eyes, whether it's legal or not. And our Congress refuses to stand against him. So what does all this mean for America? Put it simply, it means we are in trouble as a nation. Deep, deep trouble. It also means the world as a whole is in trouble. Remember, keeping covenant with God means we have a responsibility to keep. In keeping his commandments and his precepts. And in return, he gives us blessing and prosperity. It's been proven. We covered it last time and a little bit this time, so I'm not going to go into detail. But after World War II, when the UN declared Israel as a nation, uh, the U.S. was the first nation to recognize Israel as a nation. We turned the corner from the Dayton Depression and economic hardship during the war to unprecedented prosperity. But since the mid-80s, as this nation began to talk about land for peace, things have changed and gotten worse in this country. You have to understand, folks, it has never been about the greatness of the United States of America. It has been about the greatness of our God and His purpose for the United States of America. Our failure as a nation will not only affect us, but those nations we support, both politically and economically as well. Because America is on the decline, almost every nation on earth is also in decline. When this nation is no longer considered a world superpower, then a vacuum opens up, and another nation or group will rise to fill that vacuum. And that's described even by Jesus in Matthew 12, 43 to 45. For time, I'll just summarize. Basically, when an evil spirit is cast out of a man, then the spirit goes and brings back seven more spirits, even more evil than he was, and the end state of the man is worse than before because he wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Take this interpretation. If a godly spirit is commanded by law, by choice of the people, to leave this nation, then the void must be filled by something, and it will be filled by an evil spirit. We can see this taking place in this country today. Now, I'm not going to go over the facts about when this started in this nation or anything like that. Go back to our archives and listen to the broadcasts. But the evidence that this has happened and is happening in this country right now is clear. The fault for this falling away does not lie with Democrats nor Republicans. It's 100%, and listen to me, the fault of God's people. <gasps> Brother Bob, what? That's right. God's people are the ones to blame for the situation this country finds itself in. God's people have failed to hold our elected officials to task. God's people have failed to speak out against the evil forces assaulting this nation. God's people have failed to elect godly people 
to positions of power in this nation. And now we are reaping the fruit of the failure of the church in this land. Period. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time, when we gather together around the Word of God, be blessed. And remember, we serve an awesome God.